Welcome back to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. Dave, happy anniversary. Yeah, man. Six months. I haven't missed a single week. It's been a magical six months. We've gotten some reviews. We've torn apart Suicide Squad. We praise pretty much everything else we ever talk about. So I've been told. Apparently, according to our reviewers. So, episode twenty six, SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Haven't missed a week. Stay plugging. Here's to another twenty six. So, Dave, I actually want to start off talking to you about something that came up on Twitter yesterday. So, over the past two days, there's been trending my top seven favorite films <laughs> and my top seven favorite shows. Now, we didn't post our shows. At least I didn't see if you posted your shows. I uh, tweeted, oh, come on now. Oh, <laughs> There's been a bunch. Smaller trends included seven favorite YouTubers, video games. Like, whoever started this, good for you. I mean, you should get a, a marketing job for getting something to trend that's so basic and simple. But I, I figured, you know, TV, that requires a lot of thought anyway. So I was mm-hmm. like, nah, I mean, but Dave, when you tweeted, you had a pretty solid list. I thought... I feel like everyone tweet, tweets a pretty solid list. Yeah, I mean... It's not hard. I, I don't know. I spent a lot of time with friend of the podcast, Sean McKenna, talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's He had a good list. He did have a good list. It's it's tough to pick it out when there's so many good movies, especially over the last... Our, our generation, I feel like there's been a lot of... But every, gener, every generation says that. So I'm going to read my list. I want you to read your list. Yep. And I want to ask you a, a specific question about one of the movies on your list. All right, so I said The Sandlot, Shawshank Redemption, Wedding Crashers, Happy Gilmore, The Dark Knight, Boogie Nights, and Django Unchained. Now, Django was, like, on the edge for me. It's a good one. I mean, it, it was my favorite movie a couple of years ago. I haven't really watched it much since. I have it on Blu-ray. That's great. It, it is great on Blu-ray. I think the thing that makes it really hard to make these lists is I don't watch a lot of movies over again now. Same. Because there's so much content mm-hmm. to watch. I actually just rewatched Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness the past two days because I'm gonna finally see Star Trek Beyond, and I was like, I really like these movies, so I'm gonna rewatch them first. Oh, I thought you already saw Star Trek Beyond. When we went to the drive-ins. Didn't you go to the drive-ins and see Star Trek? Oh, no, that, that I, was your that was your dad. My my dad and my brother saw yes. Star Trek Beyond and Jason Bourne. Shout out to Papa Martinson and yeah. brother Martinson. So, um, Dave, I want to hear your list. Yeah, my list is Star Wars. So the original? A New Hope. Okay. I had to tweet Star Wars for, you know, characters. Okay. Star Wars, A New Hope, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, Fellowship of the Ring, Dark Knight, Inception, The Godfather Part 2. My last film, which I know is what you're getting at, at the time I put Ex Machina. Ex Machina! The Queen! The Queen. Oscar Isaac. How is that one of your seven? And General Hux. How is that one of your seven favorites? Well, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if I had my, like, the seventh spot, Mm-hmm. I could pick any of a dozen movies. I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I, can't, I probably can't pick Ex Machina. It's too much recency bias, you know. I, I have seen it, I think, three times, but I don't know. It's just, it's too soon. But then I was thinking, like, what else would I put in? I was thinking 300, Django is a good one, Interstellar, District 9, Kick-Ass, Kill Bill. Wow. 09 Star Trek, Gangs of New York, There Will Be Blood, Goodfellas. There's a lot of, a lot of good ones. Kept Daniel Day-Lewis off your list. But he had two of his possible movies in there. In Godfather Part Two, it's like I could easily pick the first Godfather, you know. Sure. I saw a lot of uh, Departed. I saw a lot of Dark Knights. I gotta say, I'm surprised. A lot of Django's too. I'm surprised Ex Machina is even that high for you. I thought it was a good film. Well, I love sci-fi. Okay. Like I'm being honest with myself. My ten favorite movies are probably the first seven, st- seven Star Wars and the Three Lord of the Rings with wow. that's fantasy. But just because in terms of those are the movies that I've seen the most emotional investment in them. The great stories. 
Yeah, and I you know all the lines and stuff. I don't know. It was interesting to see these things trend randomly like that. It is, and it's also interesting to see generationally. Because I, I like my dad tweeted. Actually, my dad I think tried to tweet it, and he only tweeted out one name, Doctor Shivago. So I was like, okay, dad, proofread. Yeah, you need to, you need to put that out there. But my, my my brother's was very '80s heavy. He mm-hmm. like a lot of Indiana Jones in there. I guess those um, are good choices. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Raiders for um, sure up there on me. So seeing what and, and seeing where people pull from, also like movies from their childhood versus movies from different parts of their life, absolutely interesting. But Dave, you have a lot of movie notes you want to touch on this week, so I'm gonna throw it to you. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening or announced and whatnot. Actually, Pat, we'll start with you. Sausage Party, a surprise. Yeah. 33.6 million opening weekend last week, which really exceeded projections, which had it under 20. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? Do you plan to see it? I do plan to see it. Okay, well, I, I want to see... comedy from Seth Rogen and crew. Looks hilarious. It's getting good reviews. I want to save our more in-depth discussion when you see it, because sure. I feel like it might be better. But I'll just say it was definitely very well done. I couldn't believe Edward Norton was one of the main voice characters in it. It was very surprising at the end when they said it was Edward Norton. Couldn't sure. believe it. Don't cast. And the the last ten minutes really made me think, what the hell did I just pay to watch? Because it's absurd, the last ten minutes of it. However, I thought it was really well done, very funny. I'm glad that they were able to make a movie like this. It's mm-hmm. definitely unique. You don't see, other than maybe South Park and Family Guy, not a lot of full-length motion pictures are animated comedy. And that's actually explicit in hard R. It was really graphic at points. Extremely. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sasha Party deserves all the acclaim it's getting. It exceeded my expectations. I was already pretty high on it, and it exceeded my expectations. For cool. Sure. Other stuff that I noticed, Ocean's 8, all-female pr- Ocean's 11 type movie. Really? Yeah. Rihanna, Mindy Kaling, Helena Bonham Carter, this rapper Aquafina, who was in something most recently, she started acting, Sandra Bullock. I, I love her water. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, Anne Hathaway, and Kate Blanchett. Wow. <laughs> that, that's seven. So maybe that eighth will be Julia Roberts reprising her role from the Ocean's Trilogy. Ah. Either way, pretty stellar cast. I'd be down. Very interesting cast. Yeah. It's, I mean, Rihanna, not you, good acting chops, as demonstrated <laughs> in Battleship. You range from Kate Winslet to... Kate Blanchett. Kate, Kate Blanchett, sorry. You range from Kate, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett to Rihanna. I mean, <laughs> wow. And Aquafina, I mean... Mindy Kaling for like the jokes. I, mean, I think, it's, I, I think like, it's a funny, funny uh, group. I could definitely see Mindy Kaling, Kaling playing the Bernie Mac role, where sure. she just like has a couple bit parts, but kind of steals the scenes when she's in it. But I don't really know how I feel about this. I mean, Bullock and Hathaway though, that's probably and Blanche has the leads. I think that's really good. It's an interesting concept, and I really we'll see. Like, they're just in talks. They just really announced that for the first time, right? It's definitely interesting. I'd like to see where they go with it, and hopefully Julia Roberts is in it because Julia Roberts is wonderful. See, also happening, Pete's Dragon, surprisingly good reviews. They actually say it's really good, really? so just throwing that out there. Transformers 5, The Last Night, they released their, their image of uh, Megatron, who's coming back to life after dying in Transformers Dark of the Moon, obviously. He looks just like Ultron. It's hilarious. I am so out on Transformers <laughs> movies. I, Michael I don't Bay. Think, I don't think I've watched one, the, a whole one, since the first one came out. Interesting. And I think the third one's really good. They're, they're, they're fun. Fourth one is 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 kind of dumb, the one with Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. and two is just bad. But I think the first and the third one, for what they are, fun movies. I, I don't think they're they're my cup of tea necessarily, mm-hmm. but a lot of CGI going on. Yeah, I can understand why why people like them. It's a good movie to go see just to kind of veg out and not really use mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, that's right. That's why they come out in July. That's why they kill it in China. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Narnia is getting a fourth movie from a whole different studio and everything. And the, but it's, it's weird because a whole new cast, obviously, everyone new management, everything. Right. But they're not remaking any other ones. They're doing the Silver Chair, which is like this set, sixth or seventh Narnia book. It's just I was like, really? Now are they, are they kind of jumping ahead? Is it? I don't uh, know. They, they, are, know. they actually jumped ahead. A little, they did books two, four, and five. What originally? I liked the Narnia books so much. I actually didn't you, you liked the them. Movies. I did. Started reading them. I believe in fourth grade as mm. part of class thing. I think I read the first like three or four, and I was like, oh, yeah. these are really good. And I and I grew up a little bit. I didn't read them anymore. Yeah, little, really just undertones, kind of annoying. There was like a period when we were little. It was like Lemony Snicket, the Narnia oh, God, books, not things. and God. Harry Potter were all kind of about the same time. It was like all these anthology book series or, the, well, or not well Narnia's mad these, old, these book you know. series right C.S. Lewis was boys with Tolkien oh really yeah I didn't yeah. realize that mm-hmm. I guess that makes a lot of sense but I feel like at that time like around when Harry Potter came out I was reading all these book series sure. and I was like very into that I don't know that's years away still but I the crown of what calls in Narnia Jonah Hill commenting doing his war dogs junkets and whatnot said that he doesn't think the Men in Black X Jump Street collaboration that was initially revealed hmm. in the Sony hack, he doesn't think that's going to happen anymore. That's okay. It was an interesting idea. Yeah, I, honestly, I liked his point. He was like, I feel like if we do that collaboration, we're kind of doing the very premise and movies that we were kind of spoofing in the right. Jump Street movies to begin with. And he's like, I still like doing them. I like those movies, but I think we need to, we're going to continue. We need to make sure we get it right. So I'm like, all right, that's, he, he's thought about it. Shout out to Hill. I don't know how War Dogs is going to do. I just saw a reviewer two from some big outlets. They don't seem too good. It's ranged. Like, some people say it's amazing, and some people say it's complete shit right now. You know what? I don't mind if it's complete shit, because I'll probably like the lead so much. Right. Jonah Hill and Miles Teller, so I'm down. As long as it's funny shit, I don't really give it. And that. again, it's a it's an end of August movie, so I have lower mm-hmm. expectations. I would have liked it, but I would also doubt they would have actually gotten Will Smith to sign on. And if Will Smith's not going to be part of the crossover, then I yeah. don't even want to watch it. And plus, Men in Black 3 wasn't that no. good anyway. So Aquaman movie, they announced that the main villain is going to be one of Aquaman's classic villains. A very mean shark. Black Manta is his name. Just want to let you know. Also, I think, was it James Wan, the director? Do they have someone cast? No, no, they haven't. But James Wan said that Aquaman is going to be like the Wolverine of DC films. Oh my gosh. Hey, hopefully he is, because everyone (laughs) thinks Aquaman's a joke, and so I'm rooting for it. (laughs) He's got got quite the uphill battle to become a Wolverine. Man of Steel 2 is back in active development. Zack Snyder was saying that their main goal is to restore goodwill in the Superman character in light of the negative reception regarding Superman in BVS. And I think that's actually good. You know, they got to start with the back to the basics. Let's get Superman down first before we're making the Suicide Squad, which, in case you missed it, we went in on our many problems with it last week, SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. So what do you think about that? Man of Steel 2, back in active development. Several um, years away still, obviously. I didn't mind Man of Steel. It's, I think it's the best of the DCEU. Oh, yeah, they, they've, probably. They've gotten worse, technically. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. It's interesting because he's a much, he's a very sad Superman. And he'll be in know. Justice League coming back yeah. for that, so it's not a I, I really, time. I hope they make him a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, Henry Cavill is, is a pretty good casting as Superman. Yeah, he definitely looks the part. He's a good actor. I just think they've got to give him the right material. they got to write him better. Are they going to have him face off against Lex Luthor? I mean, I think that's probably a possibility. Right. But I think they just want to—they just want people to feel the way they classically felt about Superman in the past. And when, when people are saying that you don't understand the core fundamentals of what 
make Superman Superman, mm-hmm. you've kind of failed the character, and that's what people are saying in BVS. Right. So the fact that they know, they, they've obviously heard that and want to change that, I think is a good sign. I'm guessing, actually, he probably won't be. I'm guessing that Lex Luthor will probably be in the Justice League movie because they kind of alluded that he was trying to contact some bigger, yeah, darker um, being that they're going to need all the powers to get yeah, together. Yeah, uh, dark fight. side. Yeah. I'm guessing he'll be in the... And then it'll probably be him again, Superman versus somebody else. Brainiac so. or something. Yeah, Brainiac other, wouldn't be a bad big one. ones. Yeah, no. Man of Steel, I, I hope that, that they can revive it. I've, I've, I've lost a lot of hope for DC Comics yeah. at the moment. We'll see. Wonder Woman next year. Two more things. This actually just got announced today. John Krasinski is going to be playing Jack Ryan in a... Krasinski? John Krasinski is going to be playing Jack <laughs> Ryan in what? a TV show for Amazon. Wow. Ten episodes were ordered, just announced today. And that's funny because I think two weeks ago I said, sell your John Krasinski stock. Wow. So... Hey, 13 hours panned out for him. I guess he wants I was to be an action to say, guy. Yeah, I, I guess he's kind of riding that wave right now. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I mean, I'm happy Jack Ryan's going because the Jack Ryan shadow recruit with Chris mm-hmm. Pine was was fine. Nothing great, though. It wasn't good enough to get a franchise right. restarted after, you know, well, Harrison Ford played him back in the 90s. I think it's a good move for them to make it into a TV show as well. Yeah, I think so. So it'll, it'll give them a little bit more room to try things and, and mm-hmm. to introduce some more characters. And yeah. They say it's about his first field assignment, so it's like young Jack Ryan. So mm-hmm. I'll be paying attention to that. And lastly, we did not mention this. This happened a while ago, but the last Divergent movie is not going to be in theaters. Uh, it's going to be on TV! And then they're going to make a TV show. They're going to release it on TV? Yeah, and I think it's Lifetime. Miles Teller and Chalene Woodley had is no it, idea when they were asked. This happened uh, being in July at Comic Con. They, they, they should really give it to Freeform. Interesting, because uh, Freeform aims towards teens anyway. Lifetime is like shout out my mom watches Lifetime and Hallmark a lot. And yeah, I don't know if the Lifetime aspect was confirmed, but it was being thrown around there. But it's so ballsy that a franchise that's obviously failing. But it's they're doing something different. You know, I can't knock the hustle on it, but mm. I mean, it's still the Divergent series, so I'm still out and. I'll, I'll probably see that it's canceled after like three episodes. So yeah. Whatever. Whatever. It's something. It's interesting. <laughs> Divergent. Oh I was actually gosh. on a Wikipedia deep dive. You remember Project X, the party movie? Yeah. From like 2012. Didn't that have Miles Teller in it? It did. Yeah, he was the kid who brought all the Molly. Yeah. <laughs> they greenlit a sequel like right after it was an Exceed Expectations, right? And it was going to be called Project XX. And the last we heard of it, it was coming out this Friday. Obviously, it's not ha- that's not happening. But I'm just curious if this is totally dead or huh? Because I like Project X. I thought the movie was hilarious. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really great movie. It, the the it music was good. Me. You know, I mean, I it, I bought it on well. Blu-ray for four bucks on Black Friday. I'm that's, like, Hell that's yeah, actually a steal. that's a great buy. Yeah, it's a fun watch. <laughs> you just put it, pop it on once in a while. Yeah, especially like you, you could put that on a party and just like let it I, run. That's what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, it it would be cool if it just kind of came out. I mean, I it wouldn't. They oh, would like, never like, do like a Ten Cloverfield Lane ghost release. Yeah, kind of. But I don't think they would ever do that. But if they did something similar, it's probably cost too much to not market it to actually make something right. like this. But it would be a cool idea. Yeah, kind of that viral marketing that Beyonce and all them do. But Project XX doesn't have the same hype. Anyways, Dave, that was a great job with, with your your movie notes corner. I want to give you some credit there. Mm. Also, Ghostbusters seventy million dollar loss. Speaking of marketing, it's because they had to market the shit out of that movie and they spent too much. Well, same thing with Suicide Squad. So I'm sure we'll see that they made a pretty, they had a pretty substantial. It's uh, through 10 days, it's behind BVS, but ahead of Guardians. But it had more of a drop off than Guardians, so Guardians will probably still make more at the end of the day. So Suicide Squad will do good, but not good enough. As we talked about last week, it's more about the the reception anyway. Yep, then that's right. How it actually does. Check that out if you missed it. 
Absolutely. So let's jump to some music stuff real quick. Drum Life 2 came out this That's past right. week. Friday. And I'm going to let you say their name because I'm definitely going to mess R- it up. Ray Shremmerd. Ray Shremmerd. Ray, <laughs> Ray Sh- Salmon. Ray, yeah. Ray Sh- Shremmerd. It's basically Mike Will Made It, uh, super producer from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's his label imprint, Ear Drummers. Backwards. Ear Drummers, Ray Shremmerd. Ah. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it. I was like, this has to be something. Yep. It's, but, it's, okay, it's, that, that's all it is. It, they're a duo, if you didn't know. Slim Jimmy and Slay Lee. They're brothers from Mississippi. No Bust flex. It, they zone. busted out in late 2014, early 2015 with No Flex Zone, No mm-hmm. Type, This Could Be Us, Throw Some Mo, Nicki Minaj. They had a lot of lot of hit songs, both in the club and on the radio. Shrem Life was a surprising like album that came out of nowhere, and these guys, everyone likes these guys. And they're really young, right? They are. I think they are both 21. They've been in the clubs long before that they're, they're also like really short and they're really hilarious on interviews i used to, i used to, i like sway lee more as, and we'll get more into this but i like sway lee more as a as a talent but slim jimmy is hilarious in interviews just <laughs> talking about his fashion and how good he looks and mm-hmm. all the women he's with and it's just like yeah you're just you're a classic rapper having fun doing rapper things being and 21 and it's so him. endearing yeah absolutely well i think listening to this album you know i heard a lot of very old school soundy stuff I, mm-hmm. I, I think especially the beginning of the album the first three or four songs they didn't sound exactly like YG's albums uh, Still Brazy but I heard similar, yeah, similar I mean, it's, a, it's a different sound it's a south sound it was a fun album at times. It was also made a very, I think, aware change from rap to like more hip hopish near the end. Just singing like, on there. Yeah, the last couple songs, especially, it seemed like they kind of intentionally put those together. Like do yoga, I think, especially. All the bitches do yoga. Yeah, <laughs> and get high at night. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I can relate to much of what they're talking mm-hmm. about, but it's pretty fun. I mean, yeah. yoga sucks, some of this by the stuff. way. I mean, I've never done it. You, you don't. It's like hard. It. <laughs> I, I, w- I would be interested in yoga. What turned me on to yoga actually a couple of years ago, side note, and they had, there's an article in the SI like eight years ago about Eddie George and how he le- lengthened his career by turning to yoga at the end of his, his career. His career at like 31? Yeah. Great so, job, man. Good job, Eddie George. So I was like, huh, yoga doesn't seem so bad if Eddie George will do it. So, moving back, what did you? What was your impression? Yeah, I think generally the critical reception is that it's more of Ray Shremmer, what you like, the carefree party trap sound turn up songs high energy guys and if you ever watch them on youtube they have a lot of energy perform mm-hmm. actually really like to see them not that they're amazing lyricists they're not but just they put on a good show but they have some uh, more poignant uh, emotional songs on the sound especially at the end as you were saying and while i don't listen to ray Stremmerd for that at this time the fact that they are showing that kind of progression as artists and not just totally trying to clone what mm-hmm. Shrem Life 1 was, I think bodes well for their future just because they're going to be branching out. A Sway Lee, and a really good singer or anything, but the fact that he's doing all kinds of different singing and melody things, kind of like a young thug, just kind of mm-hmm. experimenting like that. I think it's cool. It's a good second album. It hit on a lot of the same beats of the first album. Yep. So it, it was But there's, there's some new stuff in there as well, which I think is why it's, it's a positive album. Exactly. And when, when you say new stuff, it wasn't even just like a... a some, trying something different within the same realm. It was like they kind of pushed themselves outside mm-hmm. of what people saw them as. So yeah. I think it sets them up for longer term longer term success as a, a rap duo or even just as individuals. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, rap duos are actually kind of rare. I mean, when they when they came up before their first album, I was like, oh, they're new crisscross. It's like, yeah, and obviously you can say that they're two brothers that are short mm-hmm. and they're rapping, obviously, crisscross. But I kind of want them to stay together. But Sway Lee was saying that he has a solo mixtape called Suication he's working on mm-hmm. but at the same time they're not breaking up because they like being with each other but sure. they both have the ability so 
why not do solo stuff also? I think they're gonna they're gonna be around for a while. I think, and if you if there's one song to listen to, if you want a classic Ray Shumpert song, like a turn up song, listen to uh, "Set the Roof" with Lil John. I think is pretty that awesome. Pretty good. What did you think of Black Beatles? That's with Juicy J. Gucci Mane. Yeah, Gucci Mane. Yeah, I think that's the most popular song for most people. I think it's good. Over here, I like uh, the singles actually before us. "Look Alive" is a really good song. That's also. Unlike Classic Ray Shepard, there's a lot more singing and like dark themes in that one. Uh, mm-hmm. By Chance, I think is cool. The first song, uh, set, set the Party, Start the Party. There's, there's some songs in there. What's a Black Beetle anyway? I don't know. Fucking Roach. <laughs> Not Blue Beetle. That's why they got me sitting in fucking Coach. Shout out Kanye. <laughs> the goat. Drink, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So Shrimp Life 2, check it out. It's definitely worth a listen. It's a short album too. It's we want to talk about some TV shows. So there's two that we've mentioned before. We've talked a little bit about... Night of, so we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on this. We definitely want to talk about Mr. Robot. Let's start with Night of, though. I mean, Nas, man. He's Sinbad now. He's he's teamed up with Freddy. He's gotten <laughs> Sin. I, I don't know. Did he get only Sin tattooed on his They head? only he, showed Sin. I think, he got, I think he got the bad written on there, too. Which, I mean, if you want a double whammy, get in the middle of your trial for murder that you're claiming you didn't commit, get Sin and Bad tattooed on your head. And a wolf on your shoulder. Yeah, well, I mean, that you can cover up. You can actually get a word that basically says, oh, wow, I've done bad things in my life. Like, you admit mm. to it. It's not very smart. Six episodes in, two to go. Does that actually just acknowledge that they're thinking about a second season, whether it's connected or anthology, who knows? But that's kind of obvious, I guess. Right. They had to do with your detective, didn't work out, but so uh. successful. I hope I hope it goes to anthology. If anything, yeah, I, I, I agree. Want to see more if they can keep Price and Zalian, the writers, those are the guys that make this combined with the great acting. This show does such a good job of like demanding my attention. I'm just so mm-hmm. interested in everything that's happening. I just really like it. Yeah, uh, and that's not even like it's breaking like huge ground or anything. I just think it's the best of what it is. It pays a lot more attention to the mechanics of the actual legal system and mm-hmm. what it's like to be in jail. So in this past week's episode, you know, you see Freddie leave a white shirt on his bed and he says no my mom's gonna bring me one so he doesn't bring it and then okay, but it won't be right exactly and it, it, it's funny how like you would never think about what color a shirt like what color shirt matters in For a courtroom a defendant, yeah but as he gets into the courtroom john stone Totoro folds him aside and says you're wearing the wrong shirt you got for this one and they change shirts so yeah. a lighter color so it's just funny these things you never think about they actually mm-hmm. draw a lot of attention to and it makes you really think some of the things on it i feel like have been a little a little too much for example how the hell was Nas's dad the one yeah. that delivered food to her? Sure, like, come sure. On, come that, on. That, that's a little too TV. Sure. Of a shout out to the actress playing Chandra. Yeah, Amara Chandra's been Khan, awesome. I think. Yeah. She's very similar to Riz Ahmed in, in terms of acting through mannerisms and facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Really good. So I'm loving everything and she's doing. And very much like Portia Doubleday as well, who we're going to be talking oh, a lot yeah, about. For sure, and Mr. Robot, yeah. They've introduced three, quote, suspects for us for, as the viewers. Nas... I mean, besides Nas, besides Nas, the uh, Dwayne Reed dude, the guy Totoro chased two episodes ago. Okay, so who, Dwayne Reed, who the, was with Bodie from The Wire in the very, in the very beginning, that guy, the, the Undertaker guy, yeah. and the dad, stepdad, yeah, Paul Sparks from hmm. House of Cards guy. It's it's shifted in tone. It, I mean, it had to, especially with only two episodes left. Yeah. You kind of need to have some kind of resolution mm-hmm. to this. But I, I think in a way that actually takes away from the the show a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think this is actually a similar theme to what's going on with Mr. Robot. Is that it's a lot more interesting what's going on within the characters than it is what's actually happening outside. Like, mm-hmm. seeing seeing Naz's transformation in jail, I mean, people have criticized that it's happened really quickly. He's gone from being this nice Indian-American boy 
to all of us, or is he Islamic? He's Pakistani. He's Pakistani, sorry. Mm-hmm. From being this pe- nice Pakistani boy to all of a sudden getting tattoos in jail and shaving his head and kind of becoming a hardened criminal inside. But the timeline of the show is actually months. Yeah, I mean, it's you obviously see that. It's the prison system. It's kind of time skipping every episode. I think it, moving towards the whodunit and outside of Nas, so moving towards... See, I don't think it's actually going to move towards the whodunit. I just think they're just putting all mm-hmm. these things extra layers in there just for you to think about and know in the back of your head but the more I think about it I think that I don't know if getting someone is really how this show is so you, you don't think they're going to give you a resolution to who actually killed her I don't think so I just don't know how that that's going to come up I mean I'm sure it could but I think Nas is going to whether he did it or not if we even know if he did it or not I think Nas is going to bite the bullet mm, interesting mm-hmm. I'm not sure why thinking of the Chekhov's gun theory I'm not sure why they would Put all these people in there in, unless they were just going to use them in the court case for like reasonable doubt sure but sure. I, I assume that the show has to somehow end with It'll be rough in the defense some kind of revolu- uh, resolution i could actually see something where they find a way to keep nas shows innocence but he does something in jail that actually keeps him in, in jail yeah actually th- that reminds me as i was watching last episode i think the show is almost more about the transformation mm-hmm. that nas is going through Absolutely. Through the product of being in the justice system for so long. And that might be what really matters at the end. Well, shout out to Dr. Yi for <laughs> curing uh, J- Jack Stone's feet, finally. We don't, Eczema. We don't have to look at those nasty things anymore. <laughs> Mr. Robot. We yeah. haven't talked much about it. We have not, no. It's been a little disappointing. I think it's just different. It couldn't be season one anymore. No. Because season one... Has a huge reveal. Yeah. The fact that Elliot is tormented by a personality from his deceased father the fact that you know that's what the case is now totally shifts everything for season two going forward i think it was more about corporate influence and corruption and stuff and that was kind of what drove people into the show when it started last year but now that we've gone past that and now it's almost more about personal paranoia and especially in elliot's case mental illness more like inside the mind show inside mm-hmm. the minds of elliot and angela and grave scummer dom petro yeah absolutely dom's actually been a, a really welcome character within the mm-hmm. season the newsroom alum by yeah the way. absolutely ex-girlfriend of what, what was the, that guy's name in the show paul gallagher's character yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was what john or something like john, that just, oh, yeah. i can't remember yeah yeah that guy but anyway, they met on the uh, they met on the campaign. Actually, I think there's two different, very different stories going on. You mm-hmm. actually saw that pretty clearly in the last episode. How the time was basically split up between Elliot and Mister Robot, and then F Society versus Evil Corp Correct. slash China, the I, Dark Army. I, I think that is actually getting a little too complicated in a you way. Think so? I, I do. <laughs> I mean, if could you explain that plot simplistically? Which reminds me of the shootout that happened in China at mm-hmm. the end of like, two episodes ago. I thought that was great. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, great scene. But yeah, basically, F Society is working to continue fighting against Evil Corp. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had just had the hack that Angela helped with with an FBI's headquarters that was in Evil Corp. Uh, right. Temporarily. I think they was leaving, so that's why they had to do it so soon. That's why Angela was forced to do it now despite no training and the dark army we don't know why uh, what their motivations are we just know that they have some kind of vested interest because we saw white rose in that after credit scene with price price so we know we know they're up to something but we've never been led on to what white rose and dark army are doing but it is interesting to find out that white rose is also a financial officer of great importance in china's government yeah it's definitely interesting i think the part where it becomes confusing is i mean basically it seems like the Dark Army and Evil Corp knew F Society was going to be doing something like this. Because Price basically said it's a white rose. 
we thought we had this under control. It seemed like they had some knowledge of it. So what would be their point to that? It seems like there's more to that plot that we don't actually know yet. Yeah, definitely. And with the, I think what even makes it more confusing is the side piece that basically Angela in this past episode had a heist type scene. I mean, mm-hmm. it was um, it was very thrilling, gripping. I liked it a lot. And, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it had you on the edge of your seat. However, what I think is confusing is that they're actually doing that for their own vested interests of they need to protect themselves from the FBI yeah. rather than that it's moving along this bigger plot that has to do with China right. even though they're in China and that's kind of where that led right yeah well Do- yeah Dom figured out that Fsadi was in that arcade right, like right. she uh, when what's his name the uh, the one hacker guy got killed we don't know who killed him and, that's its own conversation right but that led her on to the past so now they're they're on the F society on the trail anyway mm-hmm. and now Fsadi has to kind of backtrack and cover their own tracks so that's why they had to do their own hack meanwhile the FBI is also in China trying to figure out the connection. And Dom thinks the Dark Army is more involved than the rest of her co-workers. So a few layers there. But I, th- I don't think it's that hard to follow yet. Just so much as you have to know that like there's still stuff we don't know. There's, that's a, by, there's a lot to keep track of. And I, then, I mean, also, it, it does seem that Elliot and his struggle with Mr. Robot, which I think is finally done, that was a little uh, disconnected. Done for now. Uh, yeah, done, done for now, sure. Right, I think that's um, going to be the overall theme of the show is this person struggling with sure. these things. It was actually just renewed for season three. Today. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I think the scene you mentioned, though, the scene in the airport, or not the airport, the shootout in China. In that lobby. Yeah, yeah. in the lobby uh, was fantastically shot. It, it really made, I think it caused a lot of anxiety seeing it because you only really see what Dom sees, yep. which I thought was a really interesting way to shoot it. The other scene that stood out, or I guess not even a scene, but the sequence was at the beginning of last last week's episode <laughs> where Elliot is basically in a 80s, 90s sitcom with his family kind of making sense. And I guess it was Mr. Robot's way of protecting him from a lot of physical things. Oh yeah, it was basically Mr. Robot getting in Elliot's head while he was taking that beating from Craig Robinson and yeah. in so much pain. And you could tell because when you look at Darlene's Game Boy mm-hmm. or you look in the car mirror, he would see himself being beaten. Yep. But it was basically Mr. Robot's way of taking him out of reality as a form of protection. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dissociation. more recently in the season, it was Mr. Robot would take him out of reality because he's still trying to control and get him to do what he wants. But I think this probably will show Elliot that they need to, Merge. That he needs to work together. He has to accept that, that Mr. Robot's part there. of him. Right. It's, it's, it made uh, me think of too many cooks. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely did. With, with especially with like the intro, and it was interesting <laughs> how they had the commercials as well, which I thought was like an interesting touch. Sure. You know, with the evil corp commercials. Cool. Was, yeah, definitely. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Who's won the season? Mm, that's 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 good. I mean, we're, we're halfway through. I don't know. Maybe Angela. But I think I liked everything she's done. I think Portia uh, Double Day has. Elliot's been indisposed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ron and Malik's still really good. But because he's been indisposed, Mr. Robot has been solely focused on doing things with Elliot. We still don't know what up, what's up with Tyrell. Joanna's still interesting when mm-hmm. we do see her. I wonder what's going on with that. It's got my attention. Definitely Angela and then Dom is a newcomer in school. Yeah, with Elliot being, like you said, indisposed, they've had to really rely on a lot of the other characters to move the plot along and to kind of keep investment in the show, especially when parts of what Elliot and Mr. Robot are going through just isn't very interesting at points. Yeah, I think the problem was earlier on Sam Esmail didn't cut anything. He had those extra long episodes. Please keep them shorter. And and, and, a, and a few times, the problem was that he would have multiple sequences. Well, all great sequences. The problem is they were serving the same exact purpose. Right. So that's why I would feel that it would drag. Mm-hmm. It was never that it was bad. 
No. The show, the, the episodes were never bad. It's just they were overstuffed. Yeah, and you weren't getting games. anything extra from it. That's why I think Ezreal needs to learn from Noel Hawley, who show runs Fargo and creates Fargo, but doesn't direct every episode. Right. Hawley's one of the best in the game right now. Yeah, well, I think Ezreal is just, you know, in a transition. He understands that. He needs to understand that the cutting room floor is necessary, and you need to craft your vision around that reality. So I agree with you. Portia Doubleday as Angela has won the season. She's just been a fantastic character. So has Dom, though. Dom has been an awesome addition. My last question. Where the hell is Tyrell? Well, he was in the trunk in the sitcom. I know, and then he ran into the screen and he fell. <laughs> and he knocked himself out. That was so good. That I'm an important businessman. <laughs> it really, that whole sitcom idea was a really great idea. I honestly have not a clue. I don't know what to say. It seems like... He, he, maybe he's dead. He Well, he called Joanna, or someone called Joanna. Yeah, they and, make you think it's him. Yeah, and, they, and you think it's him because there's like something... Uh, he leaves like a little... A tell that makes yeah. you think it's him. But... And then she has the siren go by, Rayleigh goes by her house, so it right. seems to be everywhere and nowhere. Very strange. I think it'll be a big payoff, important scene when we do see him again. It's gotta be at it this has point. Because be. if it doesn't, if it doesn't pay off, then it's gonna, I think that could lead a lot of people to be out at this point. We'll see. I think some people are just annoyed with the plot, because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where people thought season two was gonna go. They did the huge hack and moved very quickly, so I think the natural progression for a critically acclaimed show is to slow down. Right. So that's what's happened. Yeah. It's, it's gotten better since the episodes have gotten closer to normal length again. I feel like the last two episodes have been awesome. So well, we'll see. I, I feel that's tough to judge until we see the whole season. I still really enjoy this show. Yeah, So I'm going to continue to watch, we'll, and we'll continue to talk about it. Happy anniversary again, Dave. If you want to give Dave a shout-out, happy anniversary on my behalf, follow him at Martin Swagger. Follow me at Sheen World Peace. Follow the podcast at NostalgiaPod. Follow us on SoundCloud at NostalgiaPod and all the other things in front. Dave, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah. Hit the like if you like. Please subscribe. Please don't cry. You know the drill. Give us a, a rating and a review, and we'll see you next week. And this here's been a long round, so I gotta go. It's logic. The one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro?